0: With me to John chapter 4 last week we talked about loving God and uh, we're going to stay on that theme and I was uh, as I was writing this I thought wait a second this is February Oh, people are thinking oh sure you have to preach on love don't you uh, it's February because I usually don't like to do that if it's Thanksgiving I really don't want to talk about it, I don't, like, these theme things but it, you know what when the Holy Spirit leads you to talk on the love of God, what do you, what do you tell him? No, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So uh, turn with me to John chapter 4. Begin with verse 7. But last week we talked about some very practical ways that we can tell if we love God. Um, using 1 Corinthians 13 and, and working through that. I want to continue that theme. Because you know, it's one thing to say, God, I love you. Or, you know... Uh, you know, God, I I care about you, God, I, I, you know, all these things, but how do we really know we mean it? You know, my wife can tell you if I love her or not, and it's not by the words that I say. It's about how I live my life, how I live my life towards her. You know, you can say, I love you, and it's important to say that, men. If you haven't said it in a while, you probably should, okay? It's important for you to say, I love you, and look them in the eyes. Don't mumble it into, you know, the newspaper. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have to say I love you. I love you. Uh, whatever. Look them, look them in the eyes. Smile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and say, I love you. Let's practice that, man. Let's do that. Not to my wife. I mean to yours. <laughs> there, so everybody, men, look at each other. Look at your wife. If if you're single, find somebody single. This may work for you. <laughs> not my wife though. Find somebody else. That's, you know, not she's not single. But I love you. <laughs> go ahead. Let's do that. Go that real quick. I love you. All right. All right, stop it. Okay. Here we go. First John 4 7 says, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. So, bottom line, it all boils down to love. You know, we can we can try to make it about a whole lot of other things. We can try to you know say that our our walk with God is about uh, you know living a certain way, which it is, but that living a certain way is love. It is Jesus boiled it down to a very uh, theoretically simple concept. And that's love. Jesus said you can take all the law and all the prophets and all the old covenant, all the new covenant, boil it all down and you get love God and love people. That's it. It's that simple. It's simple to say it. Now walking it is what we're going to talk about this morning. It's not about how many rules you kept this week or how many rules you broke this week. If we were to put scales up here, do the number of things you were obedient on, Trey, is there more things you were obedient to God on this week, or are not obedient? Come on, just ask her, oh yeah, gets a good answer. Ask your ask my wife, you know, she'll, she'll be able to be, but that's, isn't, that's sometimes how we, or sometimes how we think our relationship with God is really judged that I've done enough good things. I mean, after you're saved, we know that we're born again, we know we're saved if you're saved. And then after that, though, you kind of go through this, well, I've been pretty good lately. God must be happy with me. Or, I haven't been pretty good this week. Or, I've been like five little things I was really good at, and then there was one big bad thing that happened. Whatever it may be. And we think there's this scale, you know, and whether we want to admit it or not, whether we would admit it in church or not, we many times live our life that way. Why? How do I know that? Because I do that. I catch myself, you know, walking through life and, and, and dealing with things and go, oh, God must be really disappointed in me today because this. I did or didn't do this. But it isn't about that. It, isn't, it has nothing to do with this list of you know, rights and wrongs that we've accomplished. It's not about how many times you prayed or how much money you gave into the offering this morning. Everything comes down to one simple word. Love. Mark 12, 29. This is the the verses where he says this. He's asked, what is the most important uh, commandment in the Bible? And he says, the most important one, Jesus answered, is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all of your strength. The second is this: love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. So, love. Really? That's it. Okay, love. That sounds easy. All right, here we go. 1 John 4, verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love. This is key. This is love. Not that we love Him, but that He first loved us and sent Jesus anyway. How do you know that you're in the love of God? What is the scale? What's the criteria? What is the, 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 the way that you can know that you're in the love of God? Because you love him, no, it doesn't. It says no right there. It's not because you say you love him or you. It's because he loves you. No matter what you do, no matter where you came from, no matter how much you screwed up this week, no matter he loves you. Now, there's consequences for sin. That's kind of aside from all of that. There's consequences, and you know we deal with this stuff, whether it be internally or externally. But it doesn't change the fact that God loves us. Okay, We don't have to prove to him anything. He sent Jesus first. He sent Jesus before you could do anything. He sent Jesus while you were still an enemy. He loved you. It's because he loves you that he sent him. It's because he loves you and knows that you can't do it that He sent Jesus. That's love. Love is, is, is loving someone else when they don't deserve it. You did not deserve Jesus to come and die for you. You didn't deserve it. You weren't Your, your forefathers and four grandmothers were not good enough to earn the right for Jesus to come and die for them and for you. He did it because He wanted to, because He first loved us. Real love loves even when the other person is unlovable. Real love loves even when the other person doesn't deserve it. Real love continues to love no matter what, no matter the cost, even if it costs your life. Because it cost Jesus' his life. And past history, when he was on the earth and he knew the, he knew the future, he knew that people would not respect him, would not receive him. Even his own children, even those that were call, are called by his name, will fall short. On a regular basis. And he did it anyway. Real love loves the other person anyway, no matter what they do or don't do. Love is a sacrifice. Love is a battlefield. That was for Pastor Greg. Love loves even when there is a chance that love may not be responded to. So how should we respond to that love? How do we respond to God's love? How do we respond? Well, he tells us. Verse 11. Dear friends, since God, love, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But, if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. It's through our love for others that we can tell if we love God. So, do you love God? Let's see. Question is, do you love one another? Do you love others? Do you love the person you're sitting next to? Do you love the person you avoided this morning and sat on the other side of the church so that they wouldn't have to sit next to them this morning? Do you, do you love the person who ticked you off this week in your office or in your workplace? Yes. <laughs> 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 Jamie, he sounds like he loves you. Anyway. <laughs> or, or it's Pastor Karen. I'm not sure it was Pastor Karen. Okay, okay. good. Because the ones that you like to love don't count, really. I mean, they do count, but it's the ones that you don't want to love. It's, it's the enemies. It's, the, it's those that, are, that have hurt you, that have said things. It's those who have rejected your love, who have rejected your relationship, have rejected your kindness. It's continuing to love them anyway is the depiction of, of true love. And that's a very good indicator. It's a quick indicator. I love you anyway. I'm just teasing. When I heard somebody preach about this years ago, and I, and I heard it for the very first time, it just it kind of set me back on my heels. He goes, the ones that you like to love don't count. And I was, At first I was like, heresy. And I was like, no, he's right. Shoot. Because true love is the ones that are unlovable. And you love them anyway. And how do you love them? It isn't that ushy, gushy, you know, mushy feeling. Because you, you know, it's kind of hard to work that up when you don't like them. It's 1 Corinthians 13, what we've talked about. It's that, that same deal. Do you, do you, you know, the love is, well, well, we'll get there in a second. How do I love them? 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. So if you show patience towards them, even when they're testing your patience, Love is kind. You're kind to them even when they're not kind to you. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. When you've heard they've had a bad day or they got, you know, had an accident, you don't go. Yes, God, you got them back. Thank you, Lord. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You know, glory to God. But rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Those 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 four right there just mess you up, don't they? It always protects. Always. Trusts, always trusts. Now, wait a second. What if they've proven untrustworthy? What would love do? It'd trust again. Yeah, but I'm not supposed to be a doormat, am I? Maybe. Now, obviously, and I'll just, you know, I usually throw this out there so that it gives you at least one loophole to get out of. If you're in danger, physical danger, if you're in, you know, if, if there's some kind of if that person is a dangerous person in your life, you can, you can get away from them. Absolutely, you get away from them. You don't put yourself in danger, but you gotta love them anyway. You love them. You you trust, you hope, you pray for them, you ask God to move in their life. If there's if there's someone who has repeatedly maligned you, repeatedly backstabbed you, repeatedly talked about you behind your back. If, if, it, doesn't matter. it isn't that you have to subject yourself to continued abuse, but you do have to love them. You love them. Which means, you know what, God? If you give me another chance and you give me the grace, I'll, I'll do it again. I'll trust them one more time. Now you might be thinking, wait a second, why, why are we talking about people here? I thought we were we've been talking about loving God. Because John says that if we love people, it shows that we love God. It's through our love. Because you know, he's going to say here in a second, you've never seen God. You know, and I've never seen God. I've never talked, you know, you know, been in this, I've been in the same room. It's kind of hard how you say that. I've been in the same room. But you've never you know, physically seen Him right here and gone, Oh God, I love you. But the way that we show love is we show, we show love to one another and when we do that, we show that we love God. And I'll even venture to say, When we love the most unlovable, the most unworthy, we love God. So we have more work ahead of us. Verse 13 of 1 John 4. This is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us the Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. This is how we know. Because he's given us the Spirit, there's two indicators here. And this is we're getting back to talking about ambassador. This year this year we've been saying that the, the word of the year is ambassador. And it's it's it, this ambassador thing may not be a direct uh, Something I teach on on a regular like all we're going to talk about is ambassador today, but it seems like everything keeps keeps coming back to us being an ambassador. Even the love of God, when we love God, we love other people, and it's going to say here. There's two things that that we do to show our love, or that that we know that God is in us. The first one is He's given us His Spirit. We have the Spirit of God living in us, and verse 14 says, "And we have seen and testify." That the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. So, those two things is one is He's given us the Spirit, and the other is we testify that Jesus has come. That's another way that we show our love, and that's part of being an ambassador. The motivation to testify is that we love people. The motivation. Why we testify is because we love people. I heard this this last week. I was driving down the road and and I was listening to KTIS, and they they started talking about some program they're doing. I really wasn't listening all that close, but they made a statement that just all of a sudden it sunk in. And it said many or most people in the church don't share their faith because of, and then they gave this list of reasons. One of them was lack of knowledge. Two was lack of experience. Another was, you know, just they gave all these peripheral reasons. And, I, and I'm thinking, wait a second, no. I would say the number one reason that we, we, we don't share our faith is that we don't have this overwhelming love of God bubbling out of us. Because if we did, if we had the love of God just filling our lives in every way, we couldn't help but share because it just, it's just who we are at that point. I know that, that when I've been af- afraid to share, it's not because of lack of knowledge. Okay, I've read the Bible a few times. I've, I've been to enough seminars to know what I'm supposed to say when. I've been trained in evangelism explosion. You ever, anybody ever heard of evangelism explosion? Oh yeah, yeah, some of you. I was trained. I, I have a certificate. I, yes, I'm armed and dangerous, yes. Many different ways. I mean, I know what to say. I could lead you through the four spiritual laws right here, right now, without having to even look at my notes. But why don't then I just, you know, on a, on a given moment, just share my faith? Because, and I'll just speak for myself, is because the love of God hasn't, isn't compelling me to do it. My love for God isn't saying, I have to share Jesus with you. And sometimes we think we have to do this. We have to jump through this hoop of sharing our faith when we don't have the motivation. What we really need to have first is an overwhelming love for God. We can't take it anymore. God's been so amazing in our life. God is, has, is moving me deeply inside that when you say, hey, I've got the situation I'm going through, my first answer is, hey, I have something to share with you. Here's the answer. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to to, to manufacture, okay, four spiritual laws, here we go. No, it'll just come out, and it won't come out in a dry form. It'll come out in life. So until it does that, until, until it just comes out, don't worry about witnessing anymore. I'm going to tell you, stop witnessing. What I'm going to tell you you need to do is fall in love with God more. Spend every waking moment falling in love with God and you'll have no trouble witnessing. And it'll be life. It won't be a form. It'll be life. It'll just bubble out of you. You won't help. I mean, you can't help but do it. So, He has given us His Spirit. Then we testify about Jesus. Jesus. And the reason we can love God is He first loved us, that's verse 10, and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Which then causes us to love Him. When we realize that, we love Him more. Which then compels us to love people more which then compels us to testify more about the sacrifice that Jesus did. Then, that sacrifice, the more we understand the sacrifice, causes us to love God more, and then that more love of God causes us to love people more, which then causes us to share more, which then, in turn, causes us to understand the sacrifice, which causes us to love God more. Do You see this? You see the pattern? You see this? It's about the love of God. It's not about knowing the steps. I led more people to the Lord, and I have to be careful about this because in a sitting down one-on-one witnessing situation, I led more people to the Lord in the first two years of walking with God than I have in the rest. Now, I've preached, people get saved, you know, stuff happens. But I mean, you know, go to, go on a mission trip, people get saved. Okay, I'm not talking about that, but I'm just sit- talking about sitting down, just Getting into a conversation and somebody goes, why do you believe that? And I just, it comes out because the love of God. That first two years, I was so lost in God. I couldn't help it. Now I've become more refined and more educated and hello. I need to get more in love with God. We all do. We all could be more in love with God. John fifteen, John 4.15 If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. So if we acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, He lives in us and, the, and, and we in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. And God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that, when, that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world we are like Jesus. Wow, that's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. Punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Let me go back to verse 7. Well, let me go back to verse 16. The middle of verse 16. Let me read this again. Let this sink way down deep. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. And God in them. So, what is love? Love does not. Love is patient, love is kind. So if we're patient with people, we're kind to people. We do not envy, we do not boast, we do not we're not not proud. If we don't act towards people in those ways, if we are not self-seeking, if we don't dishonor others, if we're not easily angered, if we keep no record of wrongs, if we if we're uh, if we don't delight in evil, but we always delight in the truth. We always protect, always trust, always hope, always perseveres. We live in God. And God in us. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world we are like Jesus. On the day of judgment. On the day of judgment. I've been dealing, and I'll just start with me, and I know I'm not the only one because this morning the first two people I, had, I talked to said there were some things in their life that were causing them to have fear. Now that's not an indictment. It's a statement of the way it is. This world has opportunities to fear, whether it be financial, Whether it be the world situation, whether it be your job, whether it be your kids, whether it be your marriage, whether it be, the world is full of opportunities to fear. And why do we fear? The reason we fear is we don't believe that it's going to work out the way we want it to work out. That something bad is about to happen. That something, because of the actions I've taken, something bad is about to happen. And this says that perfect love casts out fear. That's perfect love towards God. Always trusting that He's going to work out the best for us. Always hoping. Always uh, believing the best, not keeping record of wrongs. Everything we talked about last week. When when we're not walking in love with God, when we're not walking in love towards God, when we're not, well, I'm going to get slightly, I'm going to stop there for a second. When we're not walking in love towards someone else, we're judging them. When we're keeping record of their wrong, we're saying, you don't deserve for me to keep, you don't deserve my love. I'm gonna keep record of that wrong. And when we do that, the Bible says when we judge someone else, we're judged in the same way. And we fear that judgment. When I, when I look at my wife and we're dealing with something, and you know, and I'm not being spiritual, I'm not even being a pastor, I'm not barely even being a Christian, and I'm dealing with we're we're going through something, and I get mad at her, and I think, wait a second. The last time I did this, you did. Hello. Am I walking in love towards her? No. I'm keeping record of that wrong. And there's so many to keep record of that it's just. <laughs> just kidding. Had to lighten it up. I could, you could be, some of you didn't look like you had breathed for the last few minutes here. Needed to lighten up just a tad. But the truth is that when we judge others, when we don't walk in love towards others, then we, it just it is its it is it's spiritually natural for then us to fear the judgment of God because we're exactly the same way. And so why do we walk in fear? Why don't we think God's going to pull through for us? Why don't we think? Because we don't pull through for others. When we sow kindness... It's a spiritual principle. We'll reap kindness from God. When we sow forgiveness, when we, then, you know, somebody said one time, they asked me about a certain situation, a certain scenario, and I said, you know, I don't know how God's going to judge that. As far as I'm concerned, I forgive them. I forgive that situation. I forgive that person. And they said, wow, that's, how can you do that? And I said, because that's what I want. That's how I want God to view me. I want God to forgive me. I want God to have mercy upon me. I learned early on that when I, when I you know, God taught me that, that when I looked at somebody and go, how could you do that? Very shortly I realized because I was brought into a situation where I realized I could do that, whatever that was. When we, put, when we don't walk in love towards them and we judge them, we're sitting in the middle of judgment. And fear, that's where fear lives, is in judgment. But when we walk in love towards others, when we forgive, when we're kind, when, we're, you know, when we walk in that love, we will reap that love from God. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We don't not fear judgment because we haven't sinned. We don't fear judgment because His love has made us complete. I don't fear judgment at all Okay, maybe sometimes a little. <laughs> but I'm starting to have a, a clearer understanding of this. I don't walk around going, "Oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm so, such a jerk. I've fallen God has working that in the last few years, He has worked that amazingly in my life, and He's brought me to an understanding that He loves me. And because of that love, I don't have to fear judgment from Him. Now, if I mess up in the world, if I make bad choices, if I do something wrong, I will have to deal with consequences on this earth. The hand of man is not as merciful as the hand of God. But to the one who really matters, the one who's going to judge my soul, my eternity, I'm forgiven. And it's in that forgiveness That love starts to spring forward. But if I don't pass that same uh, mercy, that same forgiveness onto somebody else, I'm cutting myself off. Because then I'll be judged the way I'm judging others. Perfect love casts out all fear. His love is made complete in us when we love others because of Him. And the last verse is here. We love because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And He has given us this command... Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So, the question of the day is, do you fear God's judgment? Then check your love walk with those that are around you. If there's something wrong with this relationship, it's a pretty good indicator there's something wrong with this relationship. When we're not walking in love with each other, we can't, there's, there's something that happens inside of us that, that we f- begin to fear because we're judging. When we're judging here, we fear the judgment here. And he wants us free. It's for freedom that he set us free. It's for love that he first loved us. How do we love God? We love God by loving one another. Forgiving, walking in love, all of those things in 1 Corinthians 13. The more you do that, the more you'll be able to receive and understand the love of God. This is a walk. It's a love walk. It is not perfect. You know, it's not a perfection. It's, it's something we grow in. It's something that, that, that as you continue to walk in it, you will make those choices by, natu- by nature. You'll start to act like Him. And the more you do that, your love for, of God will grow but it's all about love. Everybody say, everything's about love. love. Let's stand. (coughs) This morning the prayer partners are going to be up. Oh, no, we're going to receive communion. Everybody sit down. (laughs) I had completely forgot about communion. I am so sorry. Forgive me. (laughs)